Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of Side of the Storm. My name is Evan Westling, and I am joined with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Ness, as we are here to preview the most likely um, Iowa State season finale um, down in Fort Worth against TCU. Um, so starting it off, uh, just a quick thing of last week. Obviously, Iowa State uh, lost on senior day to Texas Tech 14-10. to um, And overall, it's just Groundhog Day, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the same offensive struggles continue and defense holds up its end of the deal. Saw some more special teams mistakes that we didn't see for a while. So I guess that wasn't great to see, but expected. Yeah, uh, so not a whole lot to say, honestly. Um, but that that was kind of last week. So we're going to go to TCU um, and obviously, as I mentioned, Iowa State's going down to Fort Worth, taking on the undefeated TCU Horn Frogs. Um, they went and clinched a uh, spot in the Big 12 title two weeks ago, so they're now on the hunt for a bid in the college football playoffs. Um, it's certainly a really good team, and honestly, everything began for them uh, once they blew out Oklahoma 55-24. to um, And then from there, they've won every single game every single big game. I mean, they've won every single game as well, but obviously they've taken care of all the big games. They completed comebacks against Oklahoma State and Kansas State, winning those 43-40 and 38-28. They handled Texas 17-10. I know the score doesn't look that way, but I think that one point Texas was like 0 for 10 on third down. It was ridiculous. Uh, And then obviously last week they scrambled from behind again and beat Baylor 29-28. Props to that team. Um after being five and seven, they made a really hard choice in getting rid of the the best thing in TCU history, Gary Patterson. And they are now two games away from uh, playing Georgia in the college football playoff. Yeah, really incredible turnaround there. And um, I think they might not even have to play Georgia if they get that three seed. But I mean, well, nonetheless. I mean- Kind of who do they want? I mean, I don't think they. I don't think the committee really likes TCU, so they'd somehow put a twelve and one USC at the three. But yeah, that's true. I think they're going to have to be undefeated to get in. But yeah, nonetheless, a really big challenge for this Iowa State team this year week in TCU. Um, I think we weren't big believers, but they've continu- continually proven everybody wrong, winning close games. Yeah, obviously that crazy walk off field goal last week. It's just it's incredible. I think. They're a really easy team to cheer for, and they have obviously an Iowa tie at quarterback. So it's going to be a really fun game to watch, I think. Yeah, and that, that ties into what I want to start off with, which is always the offense. Um, and a thing for Iowa State's defense, they're going to get one final opportunity. I believe the game's on Fox. So yep. um, the nation will be able to see how good this defense is, which I don't think we've really gotten the opportunity a lot um, in credit because we suck. But um, no, I think it's an awesome opportunity for this defense to kind of show the world because a lot of people will have their eyes on this game, just seeing if TCU is going to continue to fight their way to get a spot in. But, uh, yeah, like I said, they're going to get a final test, and TCU is the number one offense in the Big 12 as they're averaging 482 yards and 40 points a game. And as Brandon noted not too long ago, they're led by Iowa native Max Duggan. He played for Lewis Central in high school, so any of you guys know who what that school is he's obviously from there um if he was wearing burnt orange he would be a a heisman finalist and maybe the front runner unfortunately though he plays for tcu and 
they have bias towards that, but he has been absolutely incredible. He's thrown for 2,858 yards, 26 touchdowns, and only three picks. I mean, absolutely masterful. He's great on the ground as well as he's ran for 291 yards and five touchdowns. Um, like I said, if he wore – if he was the quarterback of some blue blood, this kid is probably the Heisman front runner. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I have a lot of respect for him because he's a guy that could have transferred very easily his first three years. Yeah. I mean, he didn't start a ton of his four years here now. So um, a lot of respect for him. And he's really stepped it up. And I'm a big fan of his. He's a dual threat guy. So that's something we're going to have to watch out for a little bit. Um, but yeah, overall, he's a really good quarterback. I think he's something like what 27 touchdowns, three picks. Yeah. Something along those lines. So, yeah. uh, yeah, he's going to be a really big test for us and I expect our defense to contain him as much as possible, but he's going to make plays downfield. Yeah. And you kind of noted about how he could have transferred. I mean, he wasn't even the starting quarterback, uh, at the beginning of the year. Chandler Morris was the starter who kind of took over a little bit late last year. Uh, he got hurt in came Duggan, and it's the best thing that's happened to them. Um, but no, like I, said, I mean, he's been incredible. Um, but they have a, they also have a really good talent in Kendra Miller. He's the running back. He's recorded one thousand one hundred eighty-eight yards and fourteen touchdowns. Um, he's a monster. He's got a really good burst. Um, I think I don't know what year he is. Hold on. Um, okay, he's a junior. So hopefully he wants to go to the NFL draft because he has like 13 straight games or 14 straight games with a touchdown. And I don't want anybody snagging Brees' record. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. Uh, but no, he's, he's been he's been incredible. Um, I, I, there's not a lot you can say about him. Like I said, I just think his burst is really good. If you give him a shot at the outside, good luck. Yeah, that's always the thing with TCU, at least in the past with Gary Patterson, is they always had speed at running back that can kill you if you miss one missed tackle. So, I mean, that's definitely a big thing. The running back, your running game has two dimensions, and both are equally um, challenging to deal with, both in short running game and long running game situations. Yeah. Um, I, I do believe that the TCU's uh, – run game is the strength of their offense for sure but they also have a really good passing game and they they honestly kind of have a three-headed monster in the receiving core um starting off with the guy who does literally anything and everything quinn johnson the future first round pick he's put up 764 yards and five touchdowns um you can throw it to him underneath and he finds a way even with his big body to break tackles and you know go a long ways he's also a great jump ball guy he can speed past people. Um, I think some analysts have even talked about him being potentially the first receiver off the board in this upcoming draft. Um, he's he's really, really good. Yeah, I think he's a really good all-around receiver. He's not just a deep threat or a jump ball guy, as you mentioned. So I think it'll be interesting to see who gets the assignment. I guess it's TJ, but you might try to put a little more size on him. I don't really know. Um I yeah. think our secondary will have to have some sort of double team ready for him. But as you mentioned, there's two other major guys in the passing game as well. Yeah. And hold on. I just want to see TJ's – I think he's 6'2". Okay, yeah. So TJ's 6'2". I, honestly, this, is, this would be super exciting if TJ travels with him. They don't usually do that with their corners. They, they really stick purchase and tamp on one side. But 
I would love to watch TJ just travel with Quentin Johnson wherever he's at on the field and just be on him at all times. So, again, like I mentioned, this is an opportunity for the world to see this defense. And not only this defense, but a guy like TJ Tampa, who I believe is on pace to be an NFL corner. Um, I would, I just, I'm really excited for that matchup, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's really going to be the matchup to watch in this game especially. But as you mentioned, we play a lot of zones, so it's kind of hard to tell what's happening in that one-on-one matchup. But I think that's definitely a, a competition of future NFL draft picks. So that'll be really exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, but going over to the other two receivers, um, they're both – they're just like explosive guys. Um, Tay Barber – in Darius Davis, Barber has 567 yards and three touchdowns, and then Davis has 379 and five touchdowns. Um, both can get behind the defense. Both can take screens and go for a while. Darius Davis is their kick and punt returner, and oh, with our elite special teams, I am nervous. <laughs> yeah, that seems like something always happens late in the year. Obviously, look at K-State, what was it, 2019, where they started off the game with a kick return. Kick return. So, uh, yeah, I'm scared to death for our special teams, but that's kind of how it is every game. So hopefully we've adjusted a little bit throughout the season. We haven't given up any big punt return or kick return that I can remember. I could be wrong there. No, I don't think we have. So I, I, at least that portion of special teams has been solid. So as long as we can lock that up and not allow any big plays in that sense, we should be all right in the – special teams unit yeah um but overall um i'm very very excited um i mean to be fair it's the only you know unit of the entire team that i'm ever excited to watch but just overall seeing the best defense against the best offense guys like tj versus quinn johnson um I'm, i'm really excited to see the matchup between the tcu offense and the iowa state defense i think it's going to be an incredible matchup throughout the entire game yeah definitely i think this is a game that should be close, and Iowa State typically plays close games. We haven't lost by more than two scores in a very long time, it seems like, probably since Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, so I think we're definitely going to have a shot to win it, and it's just going to come down the offense to make plays again. Yeah. Um, but we will flip over to the other side of the ball um, with that TCU defense as – where is this at? Uh, yeah, so sorry. They are allowing 388 yards in 25.5 points a game. They are the fifth-ranked defense in the Big 12. I mean, at least that's off of total yardage at least. Um, yeah, so yards per game, they're fifth. Um, overall yards, they're fifth. So, yeah, you're looking at about a middle-of-the-pack defense. Um, certainly in most games, they've been giving up points. They just have the offense that can, you know, help them out. Obviously, their best performance without a doubt was that Texas game. As I mentioned, I think there's one point in the game where Texas was 0 for 10 on third down. Um, and I want to say their only touchdown of that game for Texas was a defensive touchdown. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty confident in that. So that was – and that was only two weeks ago. Now, again, Baylor put up 28 on them last week. But uh, it's definitely a middle-of-the-class defense, but it gets the job done. Yeah, I think their defense doesn't look quite as good because they're scoring pretty much every possession. Yeah, that's true. They're naturally out, out there a lot more than somebody like Iowa State is. So, yeah, um, I don't know. They're a team that you look at and say you should be able to score on them. But then again, Iowa State can't get two yards on eight plays. So, yeah, I think it is more on the Iowa State offensive line to make plays. And it is 
hoping the opponent's defense isn't good because as we saw against Oklahoma State, who has a terrible rushing defense and we still can't run the ball. So I'm, I don't know. I kind of have the opinion that it's more on Iowa State than it is the opponent. Yeah. And I think they're a very fair comparison to Baylor where because, you know, they're in that Texas, they have those recruiting grounds. Like their D linemen are big. Their O linemen are big. Their receivers and corners, like those guys have elite speed. They can catch up even if they're not incredible. Their speed can make up for a lot of things. So, I mean, again, it's a situation where, you know, their defense might not be great, but against us, it'll probably be better than games when they play Texas and Baylor. Um, but, I mean, yeah. So, I guess I'll kind of go into their bigger name players. Um, let's start with the leading tackler, uh, Johnny Hodges. He has 73 tackles and two sacks. Um, I think the star of the show is, um, at least defensively, is Tr- Travius Hodges Tomlinson. Yes, that is the nephew of – uh, LaDamian Tomlinson. Um, he's a cornerback. He has 20, sorry, 37 tackles, eight passes defended, three picks, and a forced fumble. Um, he's been great. He's really good. You're probably going to, I don't I expect him to be around X a lot of the game. So that that's one matchup that could be really fun for um, offensively. Um, you know, just seeing what Hutch can do against a guy who's probably going to be an NFL corner. I mean, Hutch is an NFL receiver, so it's not like Hutch needs to prove anything, but that should be a fun battle to watch. Um, and then other key contributors include Mark Perry. He's got 64 tackles and two passes defended. He's a safety. And then linebacker D. Winters has 51 tackles and six and a half sacks. Yeah, when we're talking about the opponent's defense going up against us. I can't help but think about Hakeem Butler's tweet last week that was pretty much just yeah. if we just threw at 8 and 83, we'd be just fine. Yeah, I can't help but disagree with that. So, I don't know. I don't know why we continue to try to run the ball, but we do. So I mean, I understand part of it where you have to at least run it a little bit. Otherwise, you know, you're not only, you know, there's two different definitions of one-dimensional. Like, you can maybe become one-dimensional because you've tried running the ball and you just can't, which is Iowa State. But if they just don't run it at all, then it's just not good. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I completely agree. It doesn't make sense to run the ball. Um, and especially when, you know, I was listening to two guys named Chris this morning and last night. Um, and, you know, Chris put out a pretty bold statement, but I might be getting on that train and start to agree with him. Xavier Hutchinson might be the best overall receiver in Iowa State history. Um, he, you know, Chris said that he feels like he's past Blythe and he thinks he's a better overall receiver which than Lazard, which I might, I think I'm kind of on that train right now. I think it's an interesting conversation because they're completely different situations. I mean, uh, X came in in 2020, so that's just a completely different situation to begin with. And then he's been here for three years compared to somebody like Allen, so you can't compare stats apples to apples. But I mean, a little bit, though, because Hutch broke his rece- his receptions record in three years. Correct. So they're definitely in the same ballpark. Um, a little bit different players, but similar styles. I think he's definitely right up it with them. So I think it's really disappointing that this is the team that he's probably going to be remembered for yeah. being his last year, but... Uh, it's hard to disagree with that. As good as he's been, he's the third down guy pretty much every single third down. Yeah, he's he's definitely the most reliable we've seen in Iowa State history. 
Yeah, without a doubt. I would probably say him and Kohler have kind of been those safety nets. And then, you know, Purdy freshman year could always say, F it, Hakeem Butler down there somewhere. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, I, I think, you know, Hakeem put out another quote or another tweet, I should say, where he brought up that this team is too soft, which I, you know, the receivers kind of never want to go through contact or just any ball carrier. It's kind of we'll step out of the sideline and how many times you see a second and one or, you know, and so that's a fair point. We're kind of getting a little off from where we were at, but um, no, I, I just think maybe that's a fair point that that's one thing that this team hasn't been good at is, well, we're not good in short yardage because, you know, we can't run the ball, but our receivers sometimes have put us in those situations because they're kind of avoiding contact. Yeah, I think the only guy that you can say embraces contact is Norton, and that's because he kind of has to with the line. Yeah. And a lot of blocking is effort. I compare blocking a lot of times to rebounding in basketball. Yeah. You want to do it, you can do it. I mean, talent isn't really that big of an indicator on the offensive line, when, especially when you're like a guard or a center. Yeah. And we just haven't seen that play, so – um. They don't necessarily seem soft to me. It's definitely a lack of energy this year. Yeah. The whole environment's just been completely different. There, nobody really seems to be having that much fun other than a couple guys on the defense. And Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a, They're definitely softer than in the previous six years in the Campbell era. Yeah, sure. Um, but that's, you know, we kind of ended with Iowa State a little bit. But that's, you know, that that's your get to know about you. Um, so we'll head to injuries um, for Iowa State. I think overall it's just question marks for Colby Reader and Jeremiah Cooper. Um, not really sure. Um, but then again, I think Will McLaughlin has been pretty pretty good. Um, Tavon Kyle actually played pretty dang solid against Tech last week. So, you know, it would be nice to have those guys out there. But again, you know, I, I have full confidence in this defense. So I, I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah, definitely. I don't especially on the defensive side of the ball. When you have injuries, it's just kind of next man up in a mentality, especially in his own. Yeah. And you could even argue that Will McLaughlin's a better fit for this TCU game just because we have we saw kind of what Reader looked like a little bit against um, Baylor where they really ran to the outside and kind of went after Reader and how he couldn't cover the edges. But McLaughlin definitely has the better speed. So could end up being a better thing for us in terms of that linebacker situation, but it doesn't really matter. I think whoever's in there at safety and linebacker will be just fine. I think McLaughlin's a guy that I'm really looking to retain this offseason. I know that's a little off topic, but at that middle linebacker spot and the season he's had, you really want to retain him this year. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think – you know, you'll look at next year's team. And I, I, I forgot to bring this up in that tech. Research. I put out a tweet when I was heading up to the game on Saturday. And, um, you know, throughout the senior day week or, or throughout the game week of the tech, they had, uh, you know, for those on Twitter, you guys saw these or even Instagram, they had those pictures and the small quote from the players saying, thank you. Three guys that were not on there or didn't have one, Isaiah Lee, Gary Vaughn, and Demetri Stanley. So that can maybe lead me to believe. I think – I don't know how many classes have that COVID year available, um, but I certainly think that there's a potential we'll get Gary Vaughn, Isaiah Lee, and Demetri back. 
because there was nothing about them, which seems weird. Um, so, but just kind of getting back to that linebacker situation, you know, if Vaughn does stay and we can retain McLaughlin and, um, you know, hopefully he kind of is that next linebacker that emerges. And funny enough, he was, he's wearing 23 as well. Um, Long but, hair. Huh? Long hair. Yeah, we're just, we're just waiting for the progressive – uh, the muscles get huge, and he's got a man bun by senior year. <laughs> um, no, but I completely agree. I don't. I think they would probably move him inside, um, or I don't know what they're going to do. I know Mike started inside and moved outside. It'll be curious. Either way, though, I think he's a really big part of the defense moving forward next year. Yeah, definitely. He's just that middle linebacker spot as a quarterback of the defense. So retaining that with even if he is young. It gives you some experience, and that's really crucial. Yeah. Uh, but we'll go over to TCU. Honestly, I was shocked by this. Um, I didn't really – also that Baylor game, so I didn't know about this. Um, receivers Quentin Johnson and Darius Davis are both listed as listed as questionable. Um, Quentin Johnson listed as questionable with an ankle, and then Darius Davis listed as undisclosed. And Kendra Miller, the running back, also listed at questionable – with a indisclosed injury, disclosed. So I mean, that would be huge. <laughs> you lose your three best offensive playmakers. I almost guarantee you they're probably all playing. Um, but it's something to know. I think with if Gary was still the coach, they'd all be playing. Yeah, I feel better that it's the first year coach that's not from the the Big Twelve. Yeah, and they might be looking at a record and saying one and seven, they're garbage. Correct. Yeah, but at the same time, this is a team that stays in games. So, and, I mean, our offense can't put up points, but I'm just saying, our defense is one of the best in the country. And if you take out your three huge playmakers outside of your quarterback, that makes life a lot easier for us. Yeah, and Duggan's had injuries pretty much his whole career, so it's not. I'd be shocked if anybody at this point in the season on both teams is 100. percent Yeah. So it's yeah. I don't know if. If, I think even the running back would make a huge difference. Just not having that speed guy out of the backfield that always seems to hurt you when you play TCU is huge. Yeah. And something that you could potentially think, may, like especially maybe with Darius Davis and Kendra Miller both being listed as, as undisclosed, you know, TCU's already punched a ticket to the Big 12 title. Is this like a, well, we're playing a bad team. We can get by without them. Let's, let's give them a break for the Big 12 title. I think that'd be stupid. But is is that a situation like where we're at right now? I think I completely agree with you. I think even a twelve and one TCU, like if there's if if TCU loses to us, but then beats K State in that Big Twelve title, which probably gonna be K State, they should have to beat Kansas. Um, but like even if they're twelve and one Big Twelve champs, you're then gonna be compared to twelve and one Clemson, who I still don't think is good, and I think TCU would be better than them but you know they'd put in them. And honestly, unfortunately, the door is cracking open for Alabama. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think they're going to need to go 13-0 if they're, they're going to get in. Um, Unless mass chaos arises. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. If USC uh, loses and Clemson loses, then they're in either way, but that's not going to happen. No. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on you think he's playing it safe? I think you have to look at and, and say – it's a possibility. Sure. But I think in the back of especially TCU fans' head, 
they're still thinking back to 2014 when they beat Iowa State by 40 and got dropped in the rankings and got left out of the playoffs. So I think you'd have to be stupid to look at Iowa State, especially this year with the defense, and not play guys if they're above 70%. Yeah, and again, I don't have any confidence in the offense, but at the end of the day, um, we have nothing to play for, um, you know, so that that can be dangerous, and that that that's never fun when you're going against a team that has nothing to lose. So, yeah, at this point, you're throwing out everything you've done in the past and looking strictly ahead at next year and seeing what different things can look like if you change up schemes, if you change up the playbook at all, and that's always a dangerous situation to go up against. And I think everybody, especially in this last game, is going to have a short leash because you're looking to retain as many people as possible. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's it for the injuries. So going on to the keys of the game, to be completely honest, you guys, um, I, I don't know what else to say because I think even last week, you know, after that Okie state game, I was just kind of like, well, what else do I say? I, I completely put everything on the offense. I said, limit self-enforced errors, which, they didn't turn it over, but then like Simmons had a false start and a hold on that final drive, so that didn't really work. Establish a run game, yeah, that didn't, that didn't really work. And I said find the end zone in parentheses multiple times. I mean, they got in once, so I I put out like I felt like the most three basic things that we've been asking for, and they couldn't. So there's I don't really have a key to the any keys to this game. It's just let the defense do their work. I, the uh, the offense is what it is. So what I have listed under keys of the game, feed X and let Will loose. Um, this is actually a quick plug um, on Twitter. So you're asking this to Wednesday. So yesterday I posted a um, thing on, on side of the storm on our Twitter. Again, go follow us over there. Lots of additional media, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I posted a thing uh, the link to the fan vote for the Blitnikoff. Um, X is a semifinalist, and you guys can vote to propel him into that top three. You know, I, I say feed X because I just want that pad. I don't know if he's going to be able to, but I just want him to get as big of stats as possible so he can at least get to wherever that – didn't you say that final three is in, like, Alabama, wherever that ceremony's at? Birmingham, I think. Yeah, so I just – I mean, he, he won't win it because Iowa State's probably going to be 4-8 and eight and they're not going to give the best receiver in the country to him. But I want nothing more for him than to be in that final three. So if you guys can, go vote for Hutch. Um, yeah, go do that. And then again, let Will loose. Very similar to what I have for X. Um, Will gets half a sack. He is the all-time – he stands alone as, as the Big 12's all-time sack leader. And with us probably not making a bowl game, this is his last shot. So that those are my two things. I want these guys to get one guy to get his record and one guy to get to an award ceremony. So that, that's kind of what I have. Yeah, I mean, definitely you're pretty much playing for individual accolades at this point, which is fine. Yeah. Because you look at like something like the Blitnikoff and having a guy in that finalist role helps recruiting. Yep. And – that's always something you can improve on, especially at Iowa State, where you're not going to get these guys that are overlooked by something like Texas, and you can be a Texas Tech and pluck out somebody. So that's really big. For my keys to the game, I have red zone of offensive efficiency. 
Mm-hmm. We were one and five in the red zone last week, which is almost statistically impossible, but we found a way. We find ways to lose, and that's all right. Um, and then second one, I only had two because this team only deserves two. Yep. Is energy. Yeah. I mentioned this earlier. They just kind of look dead and going through the motions right now. Uh, if you do that against TCU at home when they're playing for a playoff berth, you might get routed. Yeah. And you could also maybe argue that um, this TCU team is kind of um, been waiting on that blowout win that they haven't really had. So hopefully that isn't us, but who knows? Um, but no, I, I completely agree. I think this weekend is just kind of enjoyed the last time seeing a couple guys, um, most likely at least, um, you know, this is our bowl game and it's at least it's cool that we get to end with the number four team in the country. So hopefully, um, Campbell can get the guys ready to play, um, and they can pull something off, but yeah, I I don't know. I think we're just kind of going into this weekend, um, just to enjoy as, as the defense and Hutch and then moving on to hopefully changes are made. But I'll, we'll, we will end with that. But before we do that, um, we're going to do our predictions. So we're going to start with our Big 12 slate. Um, so first off, we're going to start with Baylor and Texas. That is on Black Friday at 11 p.m. Um, and Baylor is at Texas. Um I don't really have a grasp on either of these teams. I know this is definitely the same for you, Brandon, because you were so on the Baylor train. And it's still, I don't understand what happened to them. (laughs) They seem so reliable, and yet they're not, which confuses me. But then again, they lost a bunch of pieces last year. So, I don't know. I still think Aranda's a good coach. It's just at a place like Baylor is very similar to Iowa State. You're not going to be able to win nine games every single year. No. Uh, I'm going to take Texas. I just, I don't know. I think this Texas team is a little different from the ones in the past. I felt like after losing to TCU, they were just pack it up and call it good. Um, it was Kansas, but they put a whooping on Kansas. Um, so I don't. I think. I think they. 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 Like they. They will play for Coach Sark. So I'll. I'll have Texas winning this one, and they yeah. are. Half point favorites. So I I would agree with that. I think Texas looks different this year than they have in years past. They're still playing, which you didn't see under Herman once they hit six and four. So I think I'm going to have to take Texas. I don't, I think it'll be close, probably three or touchdown win, but they're still playing, and you don't put up fifty whatever on Kansas when you're already quit on the team. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, going to the next day, Saturday, um, starting off at 11 a.m., West Virginia goes to Okie State. Oh, God. Okie State's another team I just can't understand, can't read at all. Uh, I know they're plagued by injuries, but they're not good. <laughs> um, but I also – you could you can maybe argue that maybe West Virginia can pull something off. It's I would be shocked if this isn't Neil Brown's final game. Um, but I still think even though Okie State's not that good, I think they're good enough to beat West Virginia. I'm going Okie State as they are the a eight and a half point favorite. Where's this game at? Stillwater? Stillwater, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oklahoma State's got this. Um, West Virginia's bad. Oklahoma State's not great either, but they have a little more talent, a little more continuity than West Virginia does. Uh, they know their coach is getting fired. 
I got Okie State big, probably 28. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, they, they just got smoked in their in their rivalry game. So, I, you know, maybe, maybe they've probably got some fire to them. That's a long road trip, too, for West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on to, um, obviously, we'll skip Iowa State TCU, and we'll cover that one at the end. Um, but Oklahoma at Texas Tech, I think this could be a sneaky good game. I think this is a classic battle of the air raids. Even though Brent Venable is supposed to be a good defense, they're just not. Um, I could, I think this could be fun. I, I do think Oklahoma will win. They're a two-point favorite on the road. Um, but I, I don't know. I think this could be a fun game. You never want to go to Lubbock, especially this late in the year. No. Uh, Oklahoma's already secured a bowl. What are they, seven wins? They're six and five. Six and five. Okay, so – at this point, they're playing for, what, Liberty? Maybe you go cheese it or something, but... I, I mean, would say cheese it or Texas. I don't think they'll go as low as Liberty. Yeah. Because so. I think as, if TCU gets in the playoff, then K-State's going to Sugar, which means Texas will go to Alamo, and they could even end up in the cheese it So, they're yeah, they're probably playing for Al- or Texas Bowl or cheese it Bowl. Yeah, and I'm not sure how much the difference is there, especially at a place like Oklahoma. Yeah, they're not going to care about whatever bowl game they're at. They went seven and five. They're not going to care. Correct. I think Texas Tech will keep this close. Oklahoma by seven. Yeah. Um, and moving on to potentially the biggest game of the night. I'm gonna definitely the biggest game Saturday. Um, if Texas loses on Friday, I don't think it matters. Um, but Kansas at Kansas State. Kansas State. Um, it's at seven o'clock. They are playing for a spot in the Big Twelve title. I don't think it's going to be close. I think there's too much on the line for K State. I think they're going to come out, and I don't think I think they're going to run away with it. I just this is a huge game for this program. Kleinman, that entire team is going to be ready to go, and I think it's going to be a sea of purple in Dallas. I would completely agree. It's a great time to be a Kansas State fan right now. Yeah, I mean you went to Will Howard, and he looks like your guy. So it's not a situation like Iowa State had last year where you're coming off of a Big 12 championship, but you got a senior quarterback. Yeah. You got a young guy in there, and you're putting up points. Your defense can stop him if need be. Uh, yeah, Kansas State's going to win. Nah. It's a rivalry, so these are always hard to tell. I love this week because you got football and basketball going on. One yeah. of the greatest weeks all of the year. Uh, Kansas State by 14. They're a 12-point favorite, so Brandon's playing close to it. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's your Big 12 slate, and we will finish it off with the Iowa State predictions, um, starting with uniforms. Listen, this seems to be the only thing in the Iowa State category that can rack up a dub. I am four for the last four. So, hopefully, I can end the year with a win. This just feels like a red-white-red game. I don't know why. just seems like a classic. Let's just end with the poopy one. But that that's my uniform prediction. I'm going to go the same thing but white pants. Okay. Sure. Um, going to my player of the game, this is just a replica of my keys to the game. I said X slash Will McDonald. Um, I'm just going for the guys that are going for records and awards. So uh, I hopefully – there should be no reason why we don't throw much ever, but I just want to continue to feed him. If this is when Andrew gets 20 targets, I could care less. We don't have anything left to play for. And I just hope they – you know what I would love? 
to put MJ in the middle. So basically, him and Wheeler rushing on the same same side. That just like find a way. I they're going to be well aware of that record for Will, and they're going to find a way to give him shots. So hopefully they try that. But again, I just went a split at player of the game. Um, again, just individual stuff right now. But I think I'm going to go TJ Tampa here. I'm guessing the receivers are going to play at least one of them. Um, big game for him. Just continue to up your NFL draft stock against some of the best receivers in the country. Yeah. Um, and then ending it off with the final score prediction, I'm going 21-13. You know it's going to be close. Um, and somehow Iowa State's going to have the ball down eight with a chance to win the game, and we know how that's going to end. <laughs> but, no, I, I think they're going to have a shot. They always do. So uh, I'll keep it close, 21-13. I think the defense will do a good job. Um, but I think there's going to be some turnover that's going to give TCU a short field and then kind of puts it away. I feel like the fan base is kind of split on whether this game is going to be close or not. And you usually don't see that. No. There's one camp that says this team always keeps it close. And there's another camp that's the pessimistic side. So, you know, I'm going to be in that one. <laughs> that says we can't run for two yards on eight plays. Yeah. I feel like this might be the game where TCU finally gets a big win and Iowa State might give up a little bit. So I'm going to go 28-14 TCU. Sure. And obviously, a 14-point loss is a blowout in, a, in Iowa State's book. So. Oh, that's a route. That's pretty much like getting beat by 50 in the Paw Road days. Yeah. Um, so, overall, uh, I think as we've kind of noted throughout this episode, um, it's just, you know, go enjoy Xavier Hutchinson. Um, go enjoy Will McDonald, Ryan Vance, and Anthony Johnson. Um, you know, obviously, if Iowa State does win, they have a – massively high shot at getting in a bowl game at five and seven, like the armed forces bowl or whatever, but we could um, be in Dallas two years, two weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like, obviously there's a high guess they're playing for a bowl game. Uh, I don't think anyone here thinks they're going to win. I think this game will be close, but yeah, I don't know. I think overall enjoy some of those seniors. Again, a lot of them did not have to come back. They did it to, keep this program on track. Unfortunately, they weren't rewarded. And it's not like any of them had a bad season, right? That defense is the best in program history. And a lot of that is because guys like Orion, Anthony Johnson, and Will McDonald came back. And Xavier Hutchinson is the definition of put the team on his back. Not necessarily the team, but the offense for sure. Without him, I don't think this offense could put up 200 yards a game. Yeah, definitely. I think this game is going to be interesting. I think this game is going to show a lot about the culture that Campbell's been preaching mm-hmm. on if this team quits late in the game or not. Yeah. I doubt they will. Um, my score prediction is purely they don't have the offense to stay in it. Um, but, yeah, overall this game is, for me at least, I'm sure other people out there can relate, it's a good break from basketball if that doesn't go well. I mean, sure, you might be seeing this game the day after – we play North Carolina in basketball. So, yep. Um, there's that. Uh, I guess my final thoughts is who do you have in the Egg Bowl? It's, I mean, I get that Ole Miss is ranked higher. Hold on. Where, where's that game at? Um, I think oh, it's oh. at Ole Miss, if I'm what? not mistaken. This is always my favorite game of the year just because it's randomly on Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah, it's 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 at Ole Miss. I just 
you know, they're probably going to win, but I can't ever go against my man, Mike Leach. So give me the freaking Bulldogs. I agree. Ole Miss is on a downturn right now. And hey, go with Mike. A of, there's a lot of Lane Kiffin to Auburn rumors going around anyway. So who knows? There you go. But yeah, um, I think, again, like I've just been saying that in the episode, enjoy um, those four seniors last game. Um, and hopefully, um, shortly after this week, um, this is going to be a big opportunity for Campbell to show who he is. Um, I think we both feel that moves will be made, but time will tell. This is a this this is a turning point in um, Campbell's career. Um, again, shouting out to two guys named Chris. I was listening to that and. Uh, Chris Hassel kind of compared this to uh, Iowa went like two and six in the 2007 season and it was Kirk Ferentz's eighth year and he was stubborn didn't make any changes and they were like that for a while for a couple of years where they were just disappointing and weren't winning a lot of games and they found their track eventually um, but I think this is a huge point for Campbell are you going to be stubborn or are you going to make the moves that you need to make yeah I think he's going to have to make moves I think he will hit on this a lot in the recap and honestly the last six recaps but uh, the same things keep happening it's one area of the game affecting you constantly so the changes are going to have to be made we'll see if they are yeah well any closing thoughts brandon i know you're definitely excited for thursday friday and sunday but uh, anything else yeah i mean we got four straight days of iowa state athletics so i mean Basketball, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think the Iowa State women are also in Portland, and they're Thursday and Saturday, I believe. So, I mean, you got pretty much every single day left of our break, at least, Yeah, designated to Iowa State Athletics. So it should be a really fun weekend. Unfortunately, Gabe Kalsher is listed as questionable, so that's not great. But hopefully they turn out well and – I'm really just looking for a two and one there and then keep it close against TCU. Yeah. Um, so they, the, the women do play on Thanksgiving as well. They play at six thirty um, that night. So you can go pretty shortly from men to women and they're up to number five in the country and Michigan state. So yeah, it'd be a great weekend for cycling athletic, um, both the basketball programs and, one last go around on the gridiron for 2022. But that's going to go ahead and end it, you guys. If you don't already, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Side of the Storm. Uh, let you know anytime a podcast is available, along with a bunch of other additional media, just like stuff where go vote for Hutch. I'm going to say that again. Vote for X. Get him to Birmingham in that final three. That'd be awesome. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, you guys, have an awesome Thanksgiving tomorrow. Great weekend. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, Black Friday shopping, um, good food, good sports. Should be a fun four days to end the week. Um, but, yeah, we will see you guys to recap TCU and probably most likely the 2022 football season. But until then, roll clones, baby.